Amen. Thank you, ladies. If you can, let's stand together. We're going to sing a little bit this morning. Since Jesus came into my heart, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have lied in my soul for which long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into Like the sea, the lost rose, it's 
of guests. We're delighted you're here today. I must tell you about our trip to Crazy Case. We went up there on Tuesday. Wasn't it Tuesday? Yes. It's all the way up in Buckaton. If you've never been there to eat, it's a great place to go and eat. So we had a smooth trip up there. No flats, no nothing. Got there in our time to eat. Had a nice meal. And we're about 12 or 13 miles almost back home. And when you're driving a bus... You got people in the back. This is one word you don't want to hear come from the back. Uh-oh. Now, with teenagers, you expect that, but not senior adults. And so after the words, uh-oh, I look down, and there's Diet Coke running down the aisle, coming toward the front of the bus. And it keeps coming, and it keeps coming. And so I look up in my mirror to see where it came from. And the only thing I know that happened, and, and I didn't see it happen, but in my mind this is kind of the picture I got, was the, the person that had the drink in their lap, I think they dozed off, and maybe I don't know if their teeth fell out or something, but it caused them to hit that cup, and that cup fell over. And I don't like to call people's names about stuff like that, but that's, that, I think that's what happened. But whatever happened, there was just all this Diet Coke running down the aisle, and they offered to mop the bus when we got back to the church, and I said, no, because I need to tell that story. <laughs> so we had a great time together. We had a lot of fun. We want to plan us another little outing. We're going to have some chili on Wednesday night. We're having a fall family festival and a chili supper, and if you want your chili to be judged as part of the contest, it needs to be in the gym, I mean in the gym, in the family life, family life. We have a fellowship hall preacher needs to be in the fellowship hall at 5.30 on Wednesday night. We still have some tickets here on the table for you to take with you and invite someone to come have chili and to be your guest. Be missional and intentional when you pass these out. But we'd sure love to have you come and be our guest. We have one shoebox that was left from last week, if somebody would like to take that one. We have these little brochures that go in the Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes. If you want to purchase a box, they have them at the dollar store, the little clear boxes. And if you have a shoebox... Where you buy shoes, you can use that as well. Or you can go online. They've made it so simple now. You can go online and purchase a shoebox and fill it out all and never leave home. So that's an option for you. And you just go to SamaritansPurse.org and build a shoebox there. Our collection here at the church will be on November the 14th. we got a Prime Timers luncheon. That's for folks 50 and over. And uh, it's going to be on November the 9th. 12 o'clock, it'll be here in the Fellowship Hall. There's some information on the slide concerning that. And let's see, we have a bridal shower honoring Miss Bailey Broadus. That's going to be next Sunday afternoon from 2 to 4 in the Fellowship Hall. And our Wednesday night menu is chili. The money that you will pay this Wednesday night, that money is going to go to Montana Missions and Lee Merck. They've got a new church plant there going. And so uh, that money is going to go help them. And so we'll be finding out more information about that on Wednesday night. And I do need to let you know Dr. Peter Dorsett died, and his funeral will be today at 2 o'clock at Sigler Funeral Home. That was given to me this morning as well. So, Preacher, any more announcements that you know of? All right, if I can get our ushers to run down the aisle in joy and jubilation to get this offered, look how happy they are. Got a smile on their face. 
We're going to start singing What a Day That Will Be as they take up this offering. Me and y'all go ahead. Sing with me now. Stop in the early service, the men. Men, how many of you know that little part? It says, soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Hallelujah. You're familiar with that? You've only sung this for 25 years. And then on the next line, soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Hallelujah. Y'all remember that part? Okay, two of you do. Good. Let's everybody stand together. We're going to do this. Get a little energy here. Men, when we get to that part, would y'all just... Give me a resounding hallelujah there like you, Dr. Craig, if you would kind of carry your section back there. Don't be shaking your head, no. This is not an optional part of the quiz. Travis, we've got to go back to the first line. We've got to get this one right. Preacher, I hope you're going to cut that sermon now because this may take a while. All right, here we go. Let's sing it again. Ready? Soon and very soon we are going. Here we go, man.
don't make me have to do that again. You may be seated. Y'all did so good, man. Thank you very much. You just need a little prodding like you do at home every once in a while. That was good. Got two more to share together before our message. Addison, here's the first one. Y'all are doing great this year. As the of our heart today as we hear your message, Lord. It's a great message today. Lord, I pray that you will open our eyes spiritually, Lord, for folks that are listening or watching. God, that they may open their eyes spiritually today. Their hearts might be challenged because of the message today. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your love for us, and I pray this in your son's holy name. Amen. Wednesday night uh, is an important night for us as we try to be, as we have said and tried to explain, missional and intentional. Missional and intentional. In other words, we've got some tickets down here to the Chili Supper. They're not your ticket. You don't need a ticket. You're going to come and bring a pot of chili. There's a sign-up sheet down here, by the way, if you'd like to bring a pot of chili and help us feed uh, our Wednesday night crowd and whoever else we can ask to come. But you're going to pay $4 for the right to eat your bowl of chili. Why are you going to do that? Because also on Wednesday night, we are being missional and intentional about helping Lee Merck 
plant a church in Bozeman, Montana. Lee grew up in your church. Uh, you've known him uh, since he was, I guess, born. And uh, Christy grew up in the Agricola Baptist Church. I was her pastor. I had the privilege of marrying Lee and Christy almost 50 years ago now, hasn't it been? No, it hadn't been that long, but it's been some years ago. And uh, Lee uh, is, is over all the mission work in the state of Montana. God is using him in a unique way. And he's just simply asked that we partner with them. And so Wednesday night, we're going to be giving our Wednesday night supper money. And so that means, it, Doug, if you want to take $100 and give $100 for your bowl of chili on Wednesday night, that would be excellent. Whatever you would like to give is going to go to missions in Montana. That's why we're paying for the chili. But also, you're being missional and intentional. You're inviting somebody who doesn't go to church, who needs to know Christ, a friend or a neighbor or a co-worker. You're saying, come and sit at my table with me. Would you just come and we're going to just have some fellowship together and you're going to love them while they're here and we're going to love on them intentionally, not just throwing something, throwing candy out there on the street like it's a Mardi Gras parade, but having the courage to walk up to somebody and say, hey, we would like to have you to come and be with us because obviously we want you to know Jesus. We'll have a brief gospel presentation that night. We're going to watch Lee's uh, video about Montana. The RAs and GAs are going to share with us some of the things that they've learned about what God is doing in Bozeman. We want to make it very simple, but again, intentional and missional. I guess if you are a fan of whatever football team that lost yesterday, whether it be uh, Ole Miss or Texas or some team that lost that you wanted to win, uh, those teams are going to do what all football teams do after a loss. They're going to be watching the film. That's what they do, especially college teams, high school teams do. I can remember watching films. They did have films back when I was in high school. And we'd watch the film to see what good things we did. But also we'd watch the films to see what was the key to our failure. Why did we fail? What was the recipe for our loss or our failure? There is also a recipe for failure in the Christian life. And we want to review one of those failures today in the life of one of the most committed and passionate disciples who ever lived, and that was Peter. But Peter was also just like you and just like me. He was not always as passionate as he might have been and not always as committed as he thought he might be. I wonder if the same thing is not true about many of us who are here today. We are less the Christian than we think we are. We view our own commitment to be greater than it is. We, are, we consider our own spiritual maturity to be deeper and more advanced than is really true. So it was in Peter's life. And so today we want to look at the first ingredient in Peter's spiritual failure. We're looking at the story across the Gospels of this moment in Peter's life. First, we're going to look at Mark chapter 14. We're going to look at verses 27 through 30. Mark 14, 27 through 30. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, because it is written, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. 
But Peter said, even though all may fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you that this very night before a rooster crows twice, you yourself will deny me three times. But Peter kept saying insistently, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they were all saying the same thing also. Here is the first ingredient to failure in the Christian life, and that is to make promises you can't keep. Here was Peter and the rest of the disciples making commitments they were not spiritually prepared to keep. There was nothing bad about the commitment that Peter was making. The problem was Jesus knew his heart in ways that Peter couldn't know himself. Jesus knew exactly how these disciples uh, would respond, but they didn't have a clue. Later, Peter's failure would come back to haunt him. I am, I am sure this has also been true of you. He found out one of the most awful discoveries of the Christian life. What would that be, do you suppose? One of the most awful discoveries of the Christian life is, I am not who I thought I was. Or what I thought I was, or where I thought I was in my Christian life. If you have not come to a moment like that, you probably will. When Paul was writing to the church at, at Corinth about the reality of facing temptation, he said, There is no temptation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. And God will, with the temptation, make a way of escape. But at the same time, Paul also warned those Corinthians, and he warns us today, Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Remember, Jesus told Peter this very thing. One other passage of Scripture that we need to consider comes from Luke chapter 22 verses 31 through 34. All of these verses relate to the same story. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you once have turned again, strengthen your brothers. But he said to him, Lord, with you I am ready to go both to prison and to death, and Jesus said, Peter the rooster will not crow today until you have denied three times that you know me. So here is the second recipe for failure in the Christian life. The first one was to make promises that you can't keep. The second one is to forget that Satan is looking for a way to make you fall. That was not only true of Peter, it is also true of me and it's true of you. Jesus knew that the devil was actively seeking to cause Peter to fall. Later in his ministry, Peter, wishing to warn others of the same danger, said, Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, roams about like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. The devil wants you to fail he wants you to fall. He delights in your failure. He's constantly on the lookout 
for opportunities to lead you into spiritual failure, and he does it to hurt you. The Bible says, Jesus said, he comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So Jesus knew that the devil was out to get Peter. You should also know that as well. So here is Peter making these big promises of what he will do in his commitment to Jesus. They were promises that he couldn't keep with Jesus already reminding him that that Satan was looking for a way to make him fall. But the third ingredient in a failure in the Christian life is to follow your Lord at a distance. And this is exactly what Peter was doing in these moments. When Peter, when Jesus was arrested, the Bible says they seized him and led him away and brought him to the high priest's house. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Peter was following at a distance. Now, I know this means a physical distance. He was far enough away as to hope nobody would identify him with Jesus. But aren't you guilty of the same thing spiritually? You are spiritually distant from Jesus. You, uh, you, you're, you, you have no passion to walk close to him. You have no interest in being intimate with him. You are not reading his word like you should. You come to church on Sunday, but you have no relationship with Jesus at all through the week. You're following him at a distance. And when you follow the Lord at a distance, there is a failure in your future. It is part of the recipe for failure in the Christian life. As a result, you know what happened to Peter? Peter denied the Lord publicly there in front of all those people. He denied the Lord Jesus just as Jesus said he would. Maybe you've had a public failure in your life, a public failure humiliating failure, and all because you followed the Lord at a distance. You who once followed the Lord closely, now follow Him at a distance. And what is left in your Christian life is a record of failure. As you look back over your life, that's what you see. One spiritual failure after another. Because all of these ingredients for spiritual failure are in your life. Now I'm not picking on Peter. I just want us to see what happens to all of us when for one reason or another we lay aside our identification with Christ. I suppose you realize that you have to lay aside your identification with Christ to go some places. This week a former church member called me on the phone wanted to ask a question, a scriptural question, and he told me the story of how he lost his job. Now this man had uh, quite a job. He had at least a six-figure job, and it was a high six-figure job, closer to a million or maybe making over a million dollars a year in a major company where he was involved. And he said, Brother Eddie, he said, what happened to me is he said, when the new owners took the company, he said the new owner's son came up on the stage and they asked all of us to bow in his honor. And he said, Brother Eddie, I wouldn't bow. My wife heard this story as as we talked on the phone. He was on the speakerphone as we were going down the road driving. He said, I wouldn't bow. And someone standing beside me said, you better bow or you're going to stand out. He said, my Bible tells me I shouldn't bow to anybody but Jesus. And he said, later that, that day they took us to dinner. And he said, they served us all drinks. And when they passed me my drink, I passed it on down. 
And the person sitting beside me said, you better participate, you better drink that and be a part of us or you're going to stand out. He said, I'm not going to drink that. He said, that's not part of my life. That's not part of my lifestyle. And he said, and I just passed it on down. And he said, later that day, they took us to a place, to a bar where it was inappropriate to go. And he said, I would not participate. I would not go with them. And they said, Dale, you're going to stand out. You're going to stand out. And he did stand out. He stood out so much that one day they walked in without one word to him. He had been leading that company for years. And they said, you don't have a job here anymore. But he identified with Jesus. I have to give him credit for that. You know this story, Peter following Jesus at a distance, not wanting to identify his disciple, ultimately made it over to a group of folks who were standing around where he could blend in. John chapter 18, verse 18. Now the slaves in the temple police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold. They were standing there warming themselves, and Peter was standing with them and warming himself. Peter's hands weren't the only thing that was cold. Peter's heart had grown cold toward the Lord Jesus. He was within eye contact of Jesus. He could hear what was going on. Later, Jesus would make eye contact with him. But if you want to fail in your Christian life, here is another recipe for failure. Get comfortable hanging out in the wrong place with the wrong people. You know how that happens. You cease being comfortable identifying with your Christian friends and you start hanging out with folks that you shouldn't be hanging out with, going places you shouldn't go, being in situations you shouldn't be in, and the next thing you know, spiritual failure is in your future. The Bible says now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They said to him, you aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. And maybe you, unlike Peter have never openly denied your Lord or your faith, but have you, for comfort's sake, laid down your identification with Christ in order to be with your friends or laid down your identification with Christ in order to advance in your job or laid down your identification with Christ for some other reason? Do you remember Satan also sifted Job? He wanted to destroy Job just like he wanted to destroy Peter. And in the conversation that Satan had with God, this is what Satan said to God about Job. He said, Yea, skin for skin, all that a man has he will give for his life. And it is so true. And so ultimately when it came down to the moment to make sure nothing bad happened to him, to himself, Peter denied the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the last ingredient in the recipe for failure in the Christian life. And that is to cherish your life more than you cherish your Lord. I wonder how many of you are willing to lay down your life for the Lord Jesus. Don't be so quick because you remember Peter was in a hurry to make such a promise. But how many times... How many times have you cherished your own priorities over kingdom priorities or over the things that the Lord wanted you to do? How many times have you cherished your own passions over the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ or the plan of the Lord Jesus Christ 
for your life. About an hour later, another person came to Peter and kept insisting, Yes, you were with him because you're, always, you're also a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Immediately while he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. So Peter remembered the word, how he had said to him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. I wonder just how many times that it's happened to you. And would it happen had you not been following your Lord at a distance, would it have happened if you could have remembered that Satan is constantly looking for a way to make you fall? Would it have happened if you had not been at the wrong place doing the wrong thing? Would it have happened if you had cherished your Lord more than you cherished your life? Now, failure in the life of a sincere believer brings deep grief and often it causes us to withdraw completely. And that's exactly what Peter did. That's what will happen to you in failure. The devil will come to you and he will say to you, well, the Lord wants nothing else to do with you. You can no longer serve him. You're no longer worthy to be uh, in the ministry. You're no longer worthy to be a deacon. You're no longer worthy to be a Sunday school teacher. You're no longer worthy to sit down with your children and lead family devotions because of the spiritual failure in your life. But I want you to see, as we conclude this message, exactly what Jesus did after Peter's failure. First, Jesus initiated contact with Peter. I remind you that Jesus went to the cross for Peter's failure. He also went to the cross for your failure. Peter's cross happened, Peter's failure happened on the other side of the cross. Jesus died because Jesus anticipates our failure. That's the first thing. I said the second thing first, but it's the first thing. He anticipates our failure. He anticipated this failure in Peter's life. He said, Satan has demanded to have permission because he wants to sift you like wheat. Don't you think the Lord knows the same thing about you? He knows when failure is coming. Your failure never comes as a surprise to the Lord Jesus. The cross stands as a witness to that, that Jesus anticipates our failure. Second, on the other side of the resurrection, Jesus initiated contact with Peter. The Bible said that when the angels spoke to the women at the tomb, that the the angel said to the women, go tell his disciples and Peter that the Lord will meet them in Galilee. Specifically, he wanted Peter to know. He wanted Peter to know that he cared. And that's exactly what happened. He had that contact with Peter. You remember also when Peter, probably still suffering from failure, decided, I can't be what I have been. I can't do what I've been doing. I can't be in the ministry anymore. I just got to go back to fishing. And that's exactly what he did. He got his boat. Some of the disciples even went with him. And then when he got come on his way back to shore, where, where did he find Jesus? Jesus was standing on the shore waiting for Peter. And Jesus had this conversation with Peter. He said, Peter, do you love me? And by the way, how many times did he ask him? He asked him three times. And the first time Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? He asked him with a word that means this. He said, Peter, 
Do you love me like I love you? Let's get down to the brass tacks. Do you love me like I love you? And Peter just looked at him and said, Lord, I love you like a friend loves a friend. He gave a completely different word than Jesus used for love. Two completely different words. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me like I love you? Peter said, Lord, I love you like a friend loves a friend. And then Jesus asked him a second time. He looked at him and he said, Peter, do you love me like I love you? And he said, Lord, I love you like a friend loves a friend. And the third time Jesus said, Peter, do you love me like a friend loves a friend? And you know what Peter said? Peter said, Lord, you know everything. I can't hide anything from you. No, I, I can't rise to that level of love that you want me to. That's not me. But I'm loving you the best way I know how. I'm loving you like a friend loves a friend. And you know what Jesus said to Peter? He said, then Peter, in spite of your failure, this is what you need to do. You need to get back in line and you need to follow me. Perhaps that's what the Lord's saying to you today. In spite of your spiritual failure, that it didn't surprise him, it may have surprised you, but it didn't surprise him. And that he's here today to initiate contact with you, to say, I still love you. And third, to say, the best thing that you can do from this point is to follow me. I have a mission for your life. Let's go. Let's get it done. Would you pray with me? Lord, here we are in familiar territory because we're more like this disciple than perhaps we are like any of the rest of them. We want to be what we should be, but more often than not, we fall and we fail. We, all these ingredients for failure that were in Peter's life are in our lives too. We thank you that in spite of our failure, yet you are here today as you promised you would be, where two or three are gathered, you are here in the midst of us, calling people by name, tapping people on the shoulder, touching people, touching their hearts, calling them to follow. Pray, Lord, that those who need to respond publicly would do so. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we sing? There is a place of quiet rest Near to the heart of God A place where sin cannot molest Near to the heart of God Blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before Thee, near to the heart of God. There is a place of comfort sweet, near to the heart of God. A place where we, our Savior, meet Near to the heart of God O oh, Jesus
blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before Thee, near to the heart of God. Thank you for being here today. Remember to come get you some tickets for our chili supper. Be intentional and missional when you invite someone. I hope you can come back tonight for worship. Hope to see you Wednesday night. Thank you for being here. You are dismissed.